In Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So sorry. So sorry. Please accept my apology. But love is blind. Car apology today. <laughs> Our apology today on the Christian Car Guy. So you just turned right in front of that guy or you, you cut someone off by accident. How do you apologize to another driver? Really? Uh, how do you learn that? That I, You know, what is it that you actually do to apologize to another driver? You know, do you hold up one of those paddle talk signs that says, I'm sorry? I want to be a learner today on the Christian Car Guy Show. I'm here by myself, so I need some help. I need some calls to tell me, how do you actually do that? Or maybe you had a an experience where you really felt the need to apologize to another driver in some way. And how did you go about doing that? And what does that look like? I would love to hear 866 348 truth So why should you apologize or just as important perhaps is what's the motive behind the apology right when you listen (laughs) i went trying to find a song that had a really good apology in it and you know i couldn't find one when you listen to john denver's song he's or or brenda lee's song i mean they they seem to be that the person they're really apologizing to is themselves it says Brenda Lee says, I'm sorry for being a fool. Well, <laughs> she's not apologizing to anybody except maybe herself there. And John Denver just comes right out and says it. He says, more than anything else, I'm sorry for myself. <laughs> I mean, what is going on with that? So what is our motive when we apologize? Well, I have to sell, tell a little bit of a story and, and I guess sell the concept of apologizing, um, as God was selling it to me recently. Actually, uh, to tell this story, I've got to give a little background. I was the Chrysler dealer in Moxville, North Carolina, for a number of years, and I'd spent my entire life in the car business, and of course, that's how I ended up being the Christian car guy. Well, unbeknownst to me, my office manager had decided to Uh, You know, it's hard to say whether she was taking the money or what exactly she was doing, but she wasn't handling the books properly, and she clearly wasn't paying our payroll taxes with that money, and that money got gone. And somehow or another, she wrote a check when she went to jail to the um, State Department of Revenue for a whole lot of money, so I'm guessing that she may have had some of it. I don't know all of what really happened. I never will. But I do know that at the end of all that, I ended up responsible for all of the debts of Westside Chrysler Dodge Deep, which which put me in a horrible place. 
and all these you know debt collectors coming after me. And actually, I went to an attorney back then. This was about 11 years ago. And that attorney told me, Robbie, it would cost you $300,000 to go bankrupt. This is so confusing. He said, your best bet, because you don't have that kind of money, is to go crawl under a rock because everybody's coming after you and you just got to try to protect yourself somehow. <laughs> so there I was. And, and I had all sorts of debt to the IRS because she hadn't paid the payroll taxes. And I had all kinds of debt to the small business administration because we had SBA loans for the building. And I had all kinds of debt to Chrysler, of course, but the government took precedent over all that. So the two entities that really did come after me were the IRS and the Justice Department from the SBA loan. And this has been essentially going on for 11 years. And, and, and it's just, you know, my personal thing that I have been struggling with. <laughs> well, it, you know, over the last three years, one of the Justice Department loans, they got really nasty. And without even ever telling me what I could do, they just started garnishing my wages. And, and I have an attorney who helps me, and we've been working with that. And we finally got that, a hearing on that last January, a year ago. And unbeknownst to us, because they never told us, they got that released, although they kept taking out my money until July. And so it was really, really a sore subject in my life and my wife's life, and you can imagine all this. Well, you can imagine the joy that I felt uh, the week before Christmas when a collection agency called me on that same loan <laughs> after I thought that the judge had thrown it out. And this collection agent that was on the phone with me was, you know, he kind of had a collection agent's attitude from my point of view that he just wasn't very nice when he called me. And so I was in no mood for another battle, and I honestly just lost it on him. And I would have to say... I, you know, at times like that, I can really be quite volatile with my tongue and I probably rip the guy's skin off and, and, you know, I can still hear him saying, would you let me talk? Would you let me talk? <laughs> it was not pretty. And I, it was it, it just was a bad situation and I didn't want all this coming up again. And I didn't want to open up this can of worms. I thought that I'd put that can of worms away and I was just facing it. And it was really, really hard. Well, wouldn't you know that in my prayer time, <laughs> you know, the, the conversation did not end well. And we, of course, threatened each other with all sorts of things. And the next morning, God just started saying, Robbie, you need to apologize to that guy. I'm like, really? I mean, I'll never see that guy. He doesn't even know who I am. I, and God just kept on, and it went on for like the whole week of Christmas and the week after Christmas. And, and it was just right there, Robbie, you need to apologize to that man. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't even know what the man's last name is. He wouldn't give me his last name. And I'm sure the collection agency has a lot of people, so they wouldn't even know who I'm going to apologize. But God would not let me up on uh, He was just like, I just felt this like, Robbie, you have got to apologize. So you, you kind of ask that question, what is the motive behind the apology, God? What are you looking for me to accomplish? And I began to, of course, ask God, because this is going to take a supernatural thing. And I, in my flesh, did not want to call this guy. I mean, I didn't want to open up any of this stuff. But a week ago Friday, I finally just gave in and said, okay, I'm calling him. <laughs> you talk about a funny conversation. <laughs> 
You know, the first thing I, I tell the lady that, you know, answers the phone at the collection agency is I need to speak to Corey. And she says, well, like, and I thought we got several Corys. How do you, you know, I said, well, the one that's working on Robert Dilmore's case with the Justice Department, would you get him for us? And she, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, here it is. It's this Corey. And I'm like, oh, good. Well, put me on the phone to him. Well, as soon as I got on the phone with him, of course, he immediately, you know, I, I could tell he put up his guard and he was like, I need to tell you that this conversation is being recorded and will be used against you and blah, 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 blah. And all these different disclaimers that he was just whipping on me with, you know, some attitude, I might add. But, you know, who can blame the guy? I, last time he talked to me, it wasn't pleasant. And I said, I understand. I, I, I completely understand, Corey. I said, you don't understand the purpose of my call. My, the purpose of this call is just to simply say that I was wrong and the way I handled you was horrible and please forgive me. And I don't know what I can do to make your job easier because I don't have any money and I don't, you know, but I'm just going to tell you that I am really sincerely sorry. That's not usually who I am. And, and that's not the way I want you to remember me is <laughs> the guy. I said, so, you know, what do I need to do to, you know, make this, you know, right with you and whatever. And so, interestingly, and, and, and again, this wasn't my motive. I was just doing what I felt like God was telling me to do, which was just to apologize to the guy because I was wrong. But the man, his whole being changed. I don't know how to put it other than that. And he was like, well, Robbie, tell me what happened. And so as I began to tell him the story of what, you know, what I happened from my point of view, he says, you know, interestingly, um, when I look over your file, I see that Westside Chrysler Dodge Jeep is still an entity in the um, state of North Carolina. And if you had dissolved that corporation, it could be possible that we could change this ruling and, you know, and he went on to give me a step-by-step procedure on how to dissolve the corporation and how much it would cost and, and everything that was involved. <laughs> it was like this man that I had, oh, I, you know, I felt so bad because I abused him the way I did. But now all of a sudden, this person was legitimately doing everything that he could to help me. Now, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know whether or not that will make all that go away. I, but I do know this, I, I got to be obedient to what God wanted, and I got to understand a little bit more about apologizing and the motive for apologizing. And so I'm challenging you today, as I'm here by myself, is would you call me at 866-348-7884 with perhaps the most challenging apology you ever had to give, or better, not better, but if you've got a way to apologize in a car to somebody you cut off or something, I would love to hear that. 866-34-TRUTH. Today's show, Car Apology, <laughs> a little bit of the, the understanding of apologies and what might the motive be or, you know, what's the actual way that you go about doing that from car to car? I mean, do you hold up a little sign that say, I'm sorry? You know, there's so many times that 
I would really like to, or I would really like for somebody else to apologize to me for pulling out in front of me or whatever the situation is. Maybe you've got a technique. I want to be a learner here. So you call me 866-348-7884. What's inside of an apology? And, 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 and how does that advance the kingdom exactly if it's done the way God would have you do that? And, you know, you may have a very challenging apology you had to do at one time that we could all learn from. I would love to hear that story. I really would. 866-348-7884 is the number to call in and share. 866-348-7884. Now, I would be remiss, and actually a caller called in during the break to ask about my father. And, you know, last week, unfortunately, my father had fallen out of his wheelchair in the rehab center and re-injured his neck, which he broke last September. And so we had quite a weekend. Um, and interestingly, it was the same day that I had called and apologized to that um, man with the collection agency. Later that evening, I found myself in the emergency room. And my father, um, they decided at 88 years old, it wouldn't be a good idea to try to get his neck straight in surgery. So they're keeping the collar on and we now have him in another rehab center. And, um, you know, I wish I could say he was doing great. Uh, we could, we would sure, um, appreciate your prayers as you know, he's just at that stage in life where things are getting really confusing and hard for him. And he's really had a battle since his fall. And so, you know, God's in the middle of that too. But today, on the show, what I'm really excited about is I want to hear, I would really love to hear um, a story of how you apologized to another driver or a story of how you found yourself in that situation and, you know, what, what you gained from seeing how it moved the kingdom forward by your being humble. And so, you know, it's interesting this time over Christmas, I, you know, I had a lot of time to think about some things and I have been studying the Song of Sol- Solomon, or Song of Songs, for many, many, many years. And, I, and there are some of the verses that are particularly challenging to me. And they don't sound like much at first, but I think that after we spend a little time on it here this morning, you're going to see that, oh my goodness, <laughs> this may be the most provocative verse in the Bible. I, I'm trying to figure out how exactly do I do this? So, Chapter 1, verse 10 and 11 doesn't sound like, again, it doesn't sound like anything that would be all that challenging, but the more I thought about it and the more I looked at different translations, et cetera, the more challenging it became to me. So the the way they read is your cheeks, and this is essentially Solomon speaking to the Shulamite woman or the woman that he's in love with, what, you know, most church um, and even the Jews themselves would believe that it's God speaking to his beloved, either the beloved people of the Jews or his church. So... When he says, your cheeks are lovely with ornaments and your neck's neck with strings of beads, you know, it's interesting. When you go look at those verses, you will find that there are numerous ways that those are described as either ornaments or gold or earrings or chains, the neck with strings of chains, of gold. Of, it's all sorts of things that you'll find in the different translations, but when you actually look into the the Hebrew word there, it means a turn. And so over Christmas and whatever, I decided, you know, I'm just going to really try to look at the most beautiful women that I know of 
and try to discern what Jesus is talking about here, what Solomon was talking about. And so I turned to my wife and my daughters. I mean, that was obvious. <laughs> most beautiful. And I really, you know, looked at all these pictures back through the years of my wife and daughter's faces to see if I could determine what it was that, that was obviously lighting up the world of this lover. And I have discovered, and I think you'll discover it as well as you begin to look, that when a woman smiles, there are curls that are around her lips that some people call dimples, and not all women have the same kind of dimples, but all of them have curls there. And I don't think it was jewelry that had his, you know, his, his life so enlightened up through this look. And, and the same thing with, with the neck, that when a woman looks up, it exposes her neck, you know, essentially the air pipe, the, the cartilage that is there shows these rings. And so you get this picture of a woman that is looking up at you and smiling and adoring you really just is, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm convinced that there probably was no jewelry involved. It was just simply this, you know, the way God designed people in general the way they look and the way that they adore and their smiles and those kind of things. There's nothing more beautiful than a smile. Well, that may not have anything to do with an apology, as I understand, but it's the next line that really just sunk into me. And I, and I may think is the most challenging verse in the Bible. It says, ornaments of gold we will make for you with spangles of silver. Well, in the Song of Solomon, there are three characters or groups of characters as you would see so there's the jesus or the solomon character the person that's looking at his beloved and then you have obviously the beloved the shulamite woman which i would hope would be me that jesus is loving on me but then there's these other people that sometimes are referred to as the daughters of jerusalem or the friends in attendance is the way it's translated some places but i think when you really begin to think who these people are they're the saints. And, and interestingly, in Greek, when you look up the word saint, you know, it says the awful ones. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> and the reason that it says that is because the saints, you know, you just, they're full of awe. It's awful was not necessarily always this awful word, but awful. <laughs> so here are these and the reason why the the clue is this, when it says ornaments of gold, we will make for you. Well, there's no we if you're the lover and there's no we if you're the beloved. So the only group that's in this particular poem that could be the we would be the friends in attendance or the saints or these daughters of Jerusalem. So when that says we will make ornaments of gold and silver, what does that exactly mean? And what does that have to do with an apology? We will explain more in the next segment. Plus, in the meantime... I would love to hear your car apology, 866-34-TRUTH. I'm sorry for all the lies I told you. I'm sorry for the things I didn't say. Apology today on the Christian Car Guy Show, <laughs> kind of climbing inside of an apology. What is the motive in there? What exactly are we 
uh, trying to accomplish from advancing the kingdom point of view on what God would have us do with an apology or we're supposed to be sorry for ourselves as John Denver was singing about. I don't, you know, that's a bit of a challenge there. So when I was finishing up that segment, I was talking about, and I've got some calls we're going to get to in just a minute. I'm very excited about them, by the way. So hang on, we're going to get to you in just a second. But I wanted to finish my thought a little bit, at least so that we can kick off on it again in a minute. When here is the friends in attendance, or these are the saints saying, ornaments of gold we will make for you with spangles of silver. And so what I believe the idea there is, do you see another person as Jesus's beloved, and are you willing to, you know, gold is a picture of glory. It's a picture of, of God's glory. It's a picture of, of royalty. Are you willing to push that other person into a position of royalty? And then silver is the same thing as actually money in Hebrew. And so are you willing to push financial resources in their direction in order to advance the kingdom with them? In, in other words, put them up in the seat of the beloved that the Song of Solomon talks about, you know, like Philippians would say that considering others better than ourselves, taking the humble seat and pushing that other person up in that, finding their glory and highlighting that. And I would say that's easy when it comes to my wife. I, I would love to push her up in that seat of the beloved of Jesus. I love it with my kids. And, and, and I certainly, you know, even love it with my Sunday school class. I teach special needs and it's really fun to push those people you know, up into that seat. But when it comes to that, you know, collection agent from the Justice Department, <laughs> am I willing to look for his glory and, and try to push him there? That's why I say this is really, really, really a challenging verse. I'm going to talk about that more in a minute, but first we're going to get some stories. We got Paul is in Yadkinville. Paul, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Good morning, Robbie. How I are should, you? I should say for those listening in California and stuff, that's Yadkinville, North Carolina. And so those of us in this area know exactly where Yadkinville is, but I imagine some people don't. That's true. We are in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Square there, yes. yes. I you am know, wonderful. I was, listening, I was listening to you talk about the trials and tribulations and what you had to go through with Westside and the... The, the apology that you made to the young collection agent. And it brought to mind an apology that I had something not of monetary, but a couple of years ago, as you know, I lost my daughter. And I went to speak to my pastor about grief and counseling. And my pastor responded to me by saying, that's above my pay grade. Well, that just hit me wrong. It really hit me completely wrong. It was like, there is nothing above your pay grade. You work for God. And I took a very harsh, left the church, turned in my keys, resigned, just quit, just quit, went, went somewhere else completely. And... As about a year went by, I was doing, as you taught me to do, get up in the morning, do your early morning Bible reading and study. Well, here it was, right straight in my face, the book of Matthew saying, 
if you don't forgive that man, I will not forgive you when you get to heaven. And that was a lot to swallow. Yeah. A lot to swallow, but it was there, right there, black and white. So I did like you did. I, I swallowed hard, and I went, and I visited the pastor, and I talked to him, and I talked to him in love, and we made up. He misunderstood, and I misunderstood. But it caused, you know, nearly two years of really hard feelings. Yeah. The book of Matthew, if I hadn't been studying that morning, I don't know that I would have ever done that, Robbie. That's so you you taught me a lot. (laughs) You taught me a lot about studying and reading, and I appreciate you. You are probably one of the finest employers I've ever worked for. Well, and and again, those those years, because you you understand Westside. You know, for those listening that don't know, Paul ran our searchlight company and was a dear friend. And um, I happen to know, you know, two years ago when you lost your daughter had to be more than I could ever imagine the pain and all that you were going through. And I uh, and, and those wounds that come in those times are particularly hard to address. And I know Bob goes through the same thing with Rob and. And, you know, that's just, you know, you got to give glory to God because he's the one that's walking us through this stuff where we're hurt and we're hurt bad. But he he, he continues to redeem us, Paul. I'm so thankful that you called with that story today. And and I, I'm, I'm just praying that, that that restoration will happen more in all of our lives and that we'll have the courage to step up to those places that, that really hurt, you know. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. God Thank bless. you, Rob. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. I have um, Mary Lee is in Seattle, Washington. Mary Lee, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> hey, um, I did, this is not related to a car, but um, I woke up one morning with the Lord putting it on my heart to apologize to my former husband, and I really felt like it wasn't my place to apologize. I felt like he should apologize right, right. to me instead. Any because there was um, drugs, alcohol, unfaithfulness, and all sorts of things that you know I was married for almost twenty years and I put up with, and I didn't believe in divorce. But um, you know I'm not perfect either. But I just felt like he should apologize to me. So I'm arguing with the Lord, like, no, Lord, he should call me. Anyway, I stopped arguing with Laura and I surrendered. I said, God, I don't understand why you want me to do this, but um, I will, I will do what you ask. So I called up my former husband and I said, the Lord put it on my heart to ask you to forgive me for anything I did while we were married. And um, would you forgive me? And he said to me, yes, will you forgive me too? Well, I almost fell off my chair and I was so surprised and we both forgave each other and I want to say that in the spiritual realm that did such I I didn't realize I was a prisoner of my own bitterness until I forgave him and it was very beautiful how the Lord had 
started working in my heart and healing things that I didn't even know needed to be healed. Isn't that awesome? What a story yeah. and, and what courage. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing as Paul's courage. It's, it's, it's miraculously courageous, in my opinion, for, for you to have made that call and, and, and to make this call. Because it's not easy to call it. I've done it. <laughs> call in a radio station and share something, you know, that, that that's close. And there was, I can't even imagine the pain that was involved with that. But the freedom, you know, that God yeah. had for me, he had for Paul. And, and, and when we step into that and go, you know, hey, it's it's a beautiful thing. Well, God bless you, Marilee. And I am... Just so grateful for your story. Thank you for calling in. Thank you very much. It made God my day. Actually, that was so cool. <laughs> Thank you. God bless. Thank you. God bless. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, we know you have a story, and we would love to hear it. We have plenty of time. We got a whole segment coming up, so you call us eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four eight six six three four truth. So, you know, I was continuing to look at this, these two verses, you know, throughout the holidays. And I just kept thinking about how can I make ornaments of gold for the saints or even should I make them for people that aren't saints? And then I thought, well, wait a minute, everybody was fearfully and wonderfully made. And so there's some gold inside of everybody. And what could I do, you know, in these circumstances to try to discover that. And and what it means is actually diving in to some extent, as you heard Paul and Mary Lee do, into relationships that are difficult to try to determine, hey, how can I consider that person greater than myself and want to push them up into that seat of the beloved? It's an interesting thing that we get to do and challenge with. So we need your story, 866-348-7884-866-34 truth carpology coming up you can be amazing you can turn a phrase into a weapon or a drug you can be the outcast to be the backlash of somebody's lack of love Today on the Christian Car Guys show, we are looking inside of apologies and and what's the motive in there and what would God have us do in these circumstances? And clearly, we've got other opportunities to do this with other drivers. If you've got a story along these lines or a way that you know to do it with another driver, we'd love to hear from you. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. If you're digitally gifted and you can do that kind of thing, I would mention also, of course, ChristianCarGuy.com, where you can find out all about this carpology stuff that we've talked about today, but also listen to previous shows, Christian Car Guy Theater episodes are on the podcast page, as well as the Jesus Labor Love Car Repair Labor for Single Moms, Widows, Families in Crisis, which is, you know, interestingly, one of the ways that we can hold up other people and 
give them ornaments of gold and with spangles of silver is to, <clears throat> you know, pray for and help those with the Jesus labor love. So we have Anne is in Huntersville, North Carolina. Anne has got a poem yes, for us. Yes, she is. I'm excited about this. What is, <laughs> and a story. So a story to boot. Uh, yes. Um, and then I happen to be a part of the Christian Car Guy Theater, so uh, I'm looking forward to the ne- our next episode. <laughs> but anyway, um, I... I I always say this dying to self is killing me, and uh, <laughs> and it really is <laughs> a lot because I, I gave my life to the Lord in 1974, and I but I come from a very feisty family, and man, I am always having. I mean, I've got I've gotten better, but uh, it's, it's it gets tough sometimes. But it always feels so good when you actually finally do it, you know, and just what you're saying. But but this last lady that said. The 20-year marriage, I just had to, to say the same thing happened to me. I had a 20-year marriage, and um, my husband left me. And it's just It was a very complex time. Uh, he was in the ministry, and just a, a lot, I will, in, in defense of myself, a lot of spiritual warfare. And But afterwards, I realized, in my struggles, that I literally had murder in my heart. I mean, I mean, seriously, you know, in my heart towards my ex-husband. And I, it shocked me. I mean, God had to reveal that to me, and I just repented, and I cried. And uh, the bottom line is, years later now, we are seriously brother and sister in Christ, and we are friends again. And, I mean, we, you know, he has a new life and, and so on, but... Uh, occasionally we, we, you know, exchange emails or whatever, but it's such a good feeling to have, you know, and we've gone through that whole process too. But I have a little three stanza poem, if I could just read it to you, called Humble Pie. Could I read this to you? Oh, I, I would love it. I w- absolutely. Oh, That's what it is, just... by the way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it is Humble Pie. Anyway, so the recipe for Humble Pie is tasty as could be. You pepper crow with lots of pride and swallow, don't you see? Now, some may say it's tasteless, that it tastes like penance stew. But if you eat some every day, it kind of grows on you. (laughs) The more you eat your humble pie, three helpings every day, you grow and gain some weight of love in all you do and say. And I know you know that's true, Robbie. I mean, uh, I mean. In fact, I think I've had to apologize to you as we've been. Uh, as oh yeah, we've been. <laughs> there's no doubt. <laughs> we've got that's pricey. happened on both ends of, of the of the equation. And yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, so it's an I'm, interesting thing. I, I, again, for, for me, you know, to lift you up into that position of wanting you to be Christ beloved, wanting you to get the earrings of gold. And this yeah. and the and was studded with silver. And I I want all that for you, and I, and and I always do. Where I'm challenged by this, honestly, is <laughs> is by this person that you know. I just for whatever reason, it's it's right there in the humility aspect of it. I do yeah. not consider them better than myself. <laughs> right. I, I, I really do not. And, 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 and therein lies a real challenge. But as I was thinking about it this morning, and see if this makes any sense to you, uh-huh. 
I love this whole concept. That God has given me so much. I mean, as Paul was talking about, yeah. I, you know, I have been engrossed in his word and he's shown me intimate details and things that literally blow my mind. And for me still <laughs> yes. to walk in I the know. dark, is yeah. it just shows that how Paul felt, you know, yeah. when he said, I'm the least, because Paul knew the intimate things that he had seen and known and yeah. preached and all that stuff. But by the same token, you know, I'm sure things welled up in him and he's just like, I can't believe this stuff is still in me, but it is. Yeah. And, the and depravity the, of man. I mean, we are still fallen creatures until we get to heaven. And Paul was in the desert three years with Jesus. I mean, when he was trained, wasn't he? I mean, from the very beginning, he was taken off into the desert for three years uh, before he even contacted everybody. And and think so of I'm, how he knew the scriptures. He was trained his whole life. I yeah. mean, you know that the Pharisaical training obviously, you know, had touched his heart and and certainly had caused him to be you know, a, a zealot for, for his cause or whatever. And, and yeah. so it's a fascinating thing, but I, I do feel that therein lies an opportunity for me to eat some of that humble pie that you yeah. described so well <laughs> is to say, really, Robbie, you know, that person hasn't seen what you've seen. They haven't experienced what you've experienced for the Lord. I, I know. And I know. Shouldn't they be able to, because clearly they too were made fearfully in awe, (laughs) right? And wonderfully, and oh my, because, you know, and and you're working with those people that, you know, you've been babysitting for, and opportunity, it's not along those lines. Oh, it totally allows, uh, it's been a boot camp the last few years working with children, and I love kids, but they can, they're very depraved. <laughs> I mean, we're all depraved, but especially they're very raw in that sense. But I have so learned by God's grace, patience, and it has literally been a boot camp and it has helped me. And I've praised God for it, you know. I mean, He, 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 He does bring us into unusual situations to train us. I mean, as I say, this dying to self is killing me. And it's good. I mean, it. it, and, it, and, it, it, it it's funny yeah. that he puts things in our path. Like last night on my way home. Now I've been thinking about this for you know two weeks now because I haven't <laughs> had a chance to do a show, uh-huh. and and I've been thinking about it, thinking about it. Well, this person. I mean, you couldn't pull out in front of me any worse than they did. I was going forty five, and they probably weren't ten feet in front of me when they decided that they could make it. And I mean, <laughs> it took an absolute, you know. <laughs> If I had not had some race car driving experience and all that to know how exactly to steer out of that, that would not that would have been a horrible accident. Yeah. But I but I did what I know to do, which is to drive in the direction where the car is because it won't be there by the time that you know my car gets there. But it would have been a horrible accident. But the look here's here's what just struck me. They gave me a look <laughs> yeah. that said, I'm sorry, better than any sign you could hold up. Like, <laughs> and that was all it took. And I went, yeah. look, there's a car apology right there. That person, the look in their face said it all. <laughs> and I thought, wow, could I give that look? Could I do that? Is that something yeah. that, that, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing my things, but. Wow, Anne, thank you for calling in. God bless, and I'm so grateful for your story. 
Oh, I know. Well, God bless you. I love your, your whole concept. And uh, we'll, we'll be talking at you soon. Yes, and I wish we could do our Christian Car Guy Theater next week, but we're going to be on a remote at the Men's uh-huh. Summit. And so we're oh, going to have wow. to wait another week to get it on, but it's awesome. It's Christian Car Guide Theater, episode 43, coming at you. Well, right now, we got to say, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years. And, you know, we look forward to you being able to do Carpology. 